The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Thank you, friend, for joining us today on Grace in Focus. We have an interesting discussion that is coming up about the Rechabites. Do you remember hearing about them in the Bible? Where are they found? And what is the lesson that we can learn from their lives? I know that you will benefit from today's discussion, and I hope you'll stay tuned. Our website is faithalone.org. Come and visit us there. You'll find some resources, some things that can help you, and I'll tell you more about that at the end of today's program. Now here is Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates with today's discussion about the Rechabites. Well, hello, y'all. I'd like to start today with a quiz. Is that okay with you, Ken? Absolutely. Now what I want to ask you is, who or what are the Rechabites? Is this some kind of uh, computer word? Uh, you know, this is so, there's so many Rechabites in a gigabyte. What are Rechabites? Does anybody know? What book of the Bible would you be looking at if you wanted to look at the Rechabites? Okay, now since Ken is the one who has brought this to my attention, in fact, you recently wrote a blog on this, and I so I've learned a little bit about this. But where are the Rechabites found? Well, I found this group fascinating. When I read this, I just found them very interesting. It's in Jeremiah chapter 35. And it's kind of a little sermonette in the midst of the book. Yes. So this chapter is found in the part of Jeremiah where Jerusalem is about to fall to the Babylonians. And in the city, we meet these people, Rechabites. Just as a, a background, they are... Oh, by the way, uh, when I was doing the commentary, I found out that in England, there was a... Um, oh, man, the people who go against drinking alcohol. What were Oh, prohibitionists? Yeah, prohibitionists. Uh, they were a group in England... Called the Rechabites? They called themselves the Rechabites after these people. Wow. You know, so anyway. But the Rechabites are people who do not drink wine. Well, matter of fact, there's two things about them. Yeah, it says in verse 6 of chapter 35. Well, why don't you read verses 6 through 9? All right, right. all right, mm-hmm. 6 through 9. But they say, we will drink no wine for Jonadab, the son of Rechab. That's where you get the Rechabites. Right. Okay. Our father commanded us, and this was what, a couple of centuries before this? Yeah, he lived about 840 B.C., and so this is around 600 B.C., so roughly 240, 250 years before that. Okay, so we will drink no wine, for Jonadab the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, saying, You shall drink no wine, you nor your sons, forever." You shall not build a house, sow seed, plant a vineyard, nor have any of these. So that's the second part. They're also not going to be house dwellers. They're they're not going to live in cities. They're going to live out in the desert. Yeah, but all your days you shall dwell in tents, that you may live many days in the land where you are sojourners. Thus we have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, in all that he charged us to drink no wine all our days, we, our wives, our sons, and our daughters, nor to build ourselves houses to dwell in, nor do we have vineyard, field, or seed. But we have dwelt in tents and have obeyed and done according to all that Jonadab, our father, commanded us. We have to ask, why did he ask them to do that? Or why did he command them to do that? And we're not told in Scripture. No, we? no. But we know Jonadab is in Second Kings. And when the northern kingdom was falling because of its idolatry, 
He was a staunch anti-idolatry guy. And we know, of course, that the northern kingdom had fallen to the Assyrians about, what, 120 years earlier than this. So what we deduce is that probably what happened was Jonadab saw what idolatry did. And so he said, and idolatry was concentrated in the cities and with the worship of idols such as Baal, there was wine. And so he told his descendants, we need to avoid this. We need to flee from this. Both of those things, the wine and the city. Yes, let's get away from this depravity that's all around us. We're going to just separate ourselves to get away from this. And we're not going to get in wine because when we start drinking wine, we lose our senses or we might be tempted to engage in this worship of these idols. Now, that's deducing it from the text based upon the passage in Second Kings and, and also here. This makes sense in the context of Jeremiah 35 because what's happening to the South now? Yeah, the South's about to fall. Because of idolatry. Yeah. These are some people who stand in contrast to this. And so what you see is the Rechabites, whatever we think of their legalism here, they wanted to avoid idolatry at all costs. They were willing to live in tents. I mean, they're kind of heroes in this chapter. Oh, yes. They're, they definitely. Matter of fact, Jeremiah uses them as people to emulate. And at the end of this chapter, we're not going to read the whole chapter, but God's going to reward them. It's interesting here that he says the Jonadab told them to do these things so that they may live many days in the land, which is the blessing of the covenant. Yeah. And he's going to say later to the Jews, you're not going to live <laughs> long in the land. Wow. And so Jonadab was basically saying he was a man who the covenant of Moses we want to live long in the land. We want to obey him. We need to avoid idolatry. So to do that, here's what we need to do. Yeah, and notice the very last part, the last sentence, chapter 35. Jonadab, the son of Rechab, shall not lack a man to stand before me forever. Compare this to Zedekiah, whose sons are all killed at the end, the king. Zedekiah is the king. And so these men are rewarded these people are given as a contrast between the Jews in Jeremiah's day. I've been a teetotaler since before I was born again because I grew up in an alcoholic family and I just saw the devastation that alcohol could do. So I didn't drink and I've never been drunk. That's something that actually frightens me and I, I stay away from it. So I can identify with the Rechabites on the one hand, but on the other hand, they lived in a culture where wine was actually part of the religious experience. I mean, well, that's a good point, Bob, because when you read this chapter, what's interesting is here they are. They've been living out in the desert their whole lives, but they have to move into the city because the Babylonians are in the countryside now. Uh, One of the things they've been forced the, in, they've been forced into the city. And so this oh, they is, must be like Portland. They're living in tents on the street. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what. <laughs> well, that's a one. I wonder how how they adjusted. Because they to didn't that. own land, so they were probably living in their tents inside yeah, maybe the city tent walls. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But what's interesting is they come into the city, and if you read the chapter, Jeremiah the prophet, who they respect, yeah, he puts wine in front of them in the temple in very important people's homes. Yeah, 
So here's here's the temptation for them. They've already had to move into the city. And now here's a prophet of God putting wine in front of them saying, drink it. Jeremiah's testing them. Drink this. What are they going to do? They've already given up living in their tents unless they're living in tents inside the city wall. Right. And so when I read this chapter, I wonder, what would I have done? Yeah. You know, you got a prophet, a guy you recognize as a prophet. He says, drink this wine. And they're they're like, no. No, that's what they say. We're not going to do it because our ancestor told us not to do this, and we haven't done it for 250 years. Yeah, and I could see how somebody could draw the opposite conclusion from what Jeremiah does. You could see a preacher preaching us going, look at these legalists, look at these horrible attitude they have. But that's not the way Jeremiah responds. Yeah, and I really encourage you just to read this chapter. You know, it's not a long chapter in Jeremiah, but to read it and just think about why is it that these men are such a great example for Jeremiah? Because again, I would look at them and go, man, you're being really, uh, I think if I'm somewhere and a prophet tells me to drink wine, I'll say, well, if you're a prophet, I'll go ahead and drink it. (laughs) You know, but he does it. And obviously the main point of this chapter, I say, obviously, maybe I shouldn't say that, is that the reason they're an example is because their ancestor, Jonadab, told them something that was good for them, and they remained faithful to what their ancestor said. And God had told the Jews what was good for them, and they would not listen. And that's the main point. And that's why they're soon to be going to Babylon. Exactly. The Jews are going off to Babylon. But these people, Jeremiah says, every Jew there could learn a lesson from these people. They kept their integrity I'm going to give the Rechabites the benefit of the doubt. They knew that God had not commanded people not to drink wine, but they said, this is something that has been good for us. This is an example we set for our children. We've told them that they don't need to do this because it could lure them away. And we're going to keep that integrity in front of them. You know, that's a good point, because I kind of look at it like I don't drink, but I don't make it a religious issue. Right. In other words, I don't want anybody to praise me because I don't drink, and I don't want anybody to rebuke me because I don't drink. Just accept the fact that's who I am. But if you want to drink, it's not going to bother me at all, and it's not going to tempt me, and I don't care. But the thing about it is I recognize in Scripture that we're free to drink. It's just it would be nice to be free not to exercise that liberty if I want to, right? Right. And so it would seem like people can be that way even today if if you felt that way, but just don't make it, you know, like reminds me of Romans 14, you know, the stronger brother and the weaker brother. Mm-hmm. Okay, if I'm the weaker brother, fine, but, you know, don't make a big case that I don't drink and I won't make a big case that you do. It doesn't really matter. And I certainly get that impression with the Rechabites here. I, I don't think they go, well, they don't. They don't say, Jeremiah, wait a second, you're a prophet, and you're offering me wine? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they don't do that. So, yeah, I think that's their attitude. I think their attitude is, this has served us well for 250 years. We are the ones who have avoided idolatry, and this has helped us in this. We're not going to now change just because we're in some important person's house. So my encouragement to all of us would be that the bottom line is to please God, to love God and to please God. And I think the Rechabites can be an example of that for all of us. So I thank you, Ken. I really think these Rechabites are a fantastic example. Wouldn't these be great for family devotions? 
Yeah, I, I hope some of our listeners will read the chapter and give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, huh? send it to us at radio at faithalone.org, and, and we can interact on it. But uh, I encourage you to take out your Bible and read Jeremiah chapter 35. Well, keep grace in focus. Thank you both for that great discussion. Would you be interested in some free ebooks on topics you hear on this program? Well, if you are, you need to come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On the site, we've got all kinds of free materials. But one of our popular options is our free ebooks on a range of subjects. They're designed to help you mature and grow in your understanding of the faith and scripture. So come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We are so thankful for our financial partners who keep us on the air. Every gift is tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can give, go to faithalone.org. Would you like to have a chat with Dr. Bob or one of the guests here on the program? Let me tell you how to reach out to the team. You can get us on our email address, which is radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. And on the next episode of Grace in Focus, we'll have a lightning round of at least three questions, and I think that these are questions that you will want to know the answer to. Please join us on the next Grace in Focus. This is the Grace Evangelical Society reminding you to always keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.